Hello and welcome back to Gay Fat Friend and Friends, the podcast for adventurers. How's everybody doing? Are you guys having a great week? I am currently recording this on a Wednesday. Episode four just came out right before this. Um, because we are going on an adventure. We're going to LA. <laughs> Look, I don't want to make this a pro-California all the time podcast, but the way things are lining up, it just happens to correspond to our yearly trip to LA. Uh, Rob's birthday is in February. We also are going to Vegas, Las Vegas after. We're going. St- we're doing a little triangle flight. We're going to fly from Seattle to LA. L.A. to Vegas, Vegas back to Seattle. Actually, we'll be flying Seattle to Burbank, the only airport anyone should ever be flying in and out of in the Los Angeles area ever. It is the best, although the secret is out. Everybody knows about it. So the lines are long. There are lots of people there. There are bus people, as the Internet likes to call them, (laughs) because discount travel has opened the world to everyone, which is great. It's live your life. But sometimes those people shouldn't be there. I don't want to be mean. (laughs) Anyway, before I talk about LA, I wanted to talk about Seattle, where I currently live. Uh, My neighborhood is very close, very close to a sewage treatment plant. Now look, growing up, my parents had a company that built sewage treatment plants. So I'm used to that smell. I know what it smells like. But I You know, living in a major city, you don't think you have to smell it quite so frequently. Plus, we live in a very expensive neighborhood, a very fancy neighborhood. Don't get it twisted. We don't own. We rent. We live on the, let's say, south side of the tracks, if you will. Uh, We live in one of the smaller, older houses. We're practically staff, okay? We're the help in the neighborhood of all the billionaires. But we are next to a giant park. Hidden inside that park is a giant sewage treatment plant. And sometimes the gas that backs up from that treatment plant engulfs our neighborhood. And it is shocking. Okay. It is the gas that we are breathing in outside right now is atrocious. It smells like a fart, like a pure straight to the nose fart. I, I honestly, for the amount of rich people that live in this neighborhood and how much money there is on this little peninsula. I cannot believe how much fart gas we have to choke on all the time. Also, I'm no scientist and maybe there's a test I can do to see how toxic these fumes are. Like breathing pure fart gas in your neighborhood daily. Is that good for you? Is that why I'm sick all the time? Oh my God. Is that why I'm always out of breath? Is that why I had to go get new inhalers for my asthma? And I thought I had COPD because of the swamp fart gas outside in my neighborhood? Come on. We shouldn't have to live like this. So needless to say, that is one of the reasons why I'm very excited to get out of town for a week and go to Los Angeles. Uh, And they've been having massive rains and floods and it just ended and it's just supposed to be sunny and like 65 the whole time we're there. Oh, oh my God. It feels so good. I'm just so excited to go home to L.A. I'm even wearing my L.A. hat for those watching at home uh, in honor of our trip because 
I'm very excited. And again, I, I don't want this to be an all California all the time podcast, but it really is a great, fun, delicious place. Like when I travel, I travel mainly for the food. And since LA was pretty much a hometown for 15 years, I have spots that we have to go. First of all, we're going to go to Lala's, which is kind of like Argentinian food. There was one on Melrose. Uh, we're going to Melrose. There was one on Melrose next to our house. So during the pandemic, we ate so much Lala's because we could just door dash it right to the house. The best dish there is the pachuga de pollo, which is just a deliciously flattened grilled chicken breast. Very basic, almost like no seasoning, but it's grilled so crispy and flat and delicious. Fire grilled, so it's got that fire flavor. And then they just squeeze lemon over top of it. Oh, we're definitely going to Lala's. We'll probably be going to the one in Studio City because that one is closer to Glendale and that's where we will be staying. The other thing you have to get from Lala's if you're in LA is their mashed potatoes. I don't know what they put in them. They're not like, don't go, don't get the mashed potatoes if you want them to be like super creamy, fluffy, buttery. They're, For lack of a better term, they're watery. I think they might use like chicken stock in them, but they're a looser mashed potato, kind of chunky, ugh. They're so good, though. It's just a mouthful of, like, umami flavor. And then you also got to get the roasted button mushrooms. They're just, it's like button mushrooms, parsley, garlic, maybe a little lemon juice, maybe a little butter. And then you get, like, 20 of them, just the little buttons with the stems. And they, like, roast them in a high heat. And they come out, and they're just, like, steamy and soft and, ugh. Just the flavor, you guys, the flavor of these mushrooms. It's just divine. So definitely stop number one. We're going to Lala's. We're go getting the car. We're going to Lala's. And then stop number two, obviously, we're going to get Mexican. We're going to go to El Coyote. We're going to go to Best Fish Tacos of Encinitas. Oh, if you've never heard of it, Best Fish Tacos is a tiny little like, I would call it a stand. It is in a building, but it's like a roadside fish taco stand. And they only have three things. Fried fish tacos, grilled fish tacos, and potato tacos, which I believe are just like tater tots. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Um, but yeah, and that's all they have on their menu. Those three things, and then they got a cooler full of drinks. And you just go, and you get three or four. In Rob's case, you get five, maybe six. Uh, usually half fish, half Oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. Oh, my God, I'm wrong. People, you're probably at home screaming in your car right now. No, 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 it's not grilled fish, fried fish, potatoes. It's fried fish, fried shrimp, potato tacos. That's what it is. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I hate that on podcasts when somebody gets something totally wrong and you're just like in your car or you're walking, listening on your, your uh, headphones and they're saying something wrong and you're just screaming, that's not it. That's not it. I apologize. Okay. Best Fish Tacos has fried fish tacos, fried shrimp tacos, and potato tacos. So you go and you get three, four, five, six tacos, and you do half shrimp, half fish. I've never gotten the potato tacos because literally they're just tater tots. But, uh, and then they have like a salsa bar of like five or six different deliciously fresh salsas, very spicy. And then they have a giant bottle of Mexican crema where you can just drench your whole taco in as much crema as you want. Oh, and the finest the finest shredded cabbage you've ever seen in your life because when you're eating fish tacos when you're eating shrimp tacos you gotta have shredded cabbage okay that's the only way to do it 
But yeah, oh, we're going to go to Best Fish Tacos of Encinitas. Also, also, each taco is like $2, maybe $1.50, maybe two fifty. They might have changed their prices. But forever, it was so cheap, and they're such a big, filling taco. They're literally, you can eat three of them and be full. You can eat six of them and be happy. So I highly, highly recommend, if you ever find yourself in the Silver Lake neighborhood, go to Best Fish Tacos of Encinitas. Thank me later. You will love it so much. But yeah, we're going to go to Best Fish Tacos. We're going to go to El Coyote and we're going to get hot salsa and chunky guac and just enjoy the dresses. They are one of those Mexican restaurants where the ladies wear beautifully colored, you know, frilly dresses. Oh, I just love them so much. Delicious chips. Oh, I can't wait. I'm just like hyping myself up. I'm so excited to go to L.A. And again, I apologize. This is not going to be a pro L.A. all the time podcast, but. If you do the math of past episodes, it's kind of turning into that. We are also a must-have on our list. And we're only going to be there for three and a half days. But a must on our list is Swingers Diner. We have to go to Swingers. Swingers is like our cheers. Swingers is our home away from home. I mean, we lived in our apartment two blocks away from Swingers for 10 years. And so we went to Swingers for breakfast every single weekend that we lived there. I mean, it was almost like... Excuse me. It was almost like in a movie where we were locals at like a diner, you know, and and every time we would go, they knew our names. They always like got us a table really fast. The menu has never changed, at least not what we get. Um, we actually have they gave us one of the menus because they're like big plastic laminated menus. They gave us one of the menus when we moved away because they were very sad we were leaving. But we ate so, we ate at Swingers so much, especially during the pandemic, because they were takeout only. And we were like, we got to support. We got to support. So we ate. <laughs> we had breakfast from Swingers two, three times a week during the pandemic. And then they actually did close. They went out of business during the pandemic. And then Drew Carey, who was always in there. I mean, you can go to Swingers uh, on Saturday or Sunday at brunch at like 11 a.m. And, and Drew Carey will be sitting at the counter eating breakfast reading a gigantic newspaper, the only person left on the planet that reads a newspaper, Drew Carey. But Drew Carey ended up kind of flying in as an angel investor and reopening Swingers. I he, I don't think he considers himself an owner. He's just an investor. And he helped them reopen. And now Swingers is back, baby. And I don't know their hours now, but back in the day, Swingers used to only uh, close, I want to say from like, 4 to 5 a.m. Like they weren't a 24 hour restaurant, but they were definitely open for like drunk food, early breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner. And they only closed one hour a day, maybe two. Rob Rob knows better. I can ask him. But they would only close from like 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. I think just to like reset the clocks, clean up the kitchen, re-chop all the vegetables, you know, just like re-zhuzh the restaurant itself. But oh, it's such a magical place. And it's like so centrally located and so easy to get to. There's parking, I mean, L.A. style parking everywhere. They don't have a parking lot, but there's parking everywhere. So, yeah, of course, we're going to go to Swingers. We'll probably hit Swingers twice just because we have to. It's the best. And then we're also going to hit some local California favorites like Carl's Jr. Now, look, I know there is Carl's Jr. up here in the Seattle region, but it is a 45-minute drive away. And that's just not easy when you want a burger and fries. And Carl's Jr. is such a uh, God-tier, high-level burger chain in our relationship. I mean, I think it's Rob's favorite fast food burger. So we definitely love to hit up a Carl's, a.k.a. Hardee's, depending on which side of the Rockies you're on. And yet, you know, just one of those simple joys of being in Los Angeles is just getting a Carl's Jr. burger. I, If you know, you know. If you get it, you get it. I don't have to explain. 
Also, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's is in the What's Your Order box. So we will get to it. How funny if it lined up? Like, what if I pulled out Carl's Jr. today? That would be so weird. Anyway, moving on. We're also going to Las Vegas for the food. (laughs) I'm going to Las Vegas for the food. I love one of my favorite favorite things you know people are like i spend my money on fancy purses i spend my money on cars my favorite thing to do is to go to a fancy restaurant and spend like two hundred dollars on one meal oh that is luxury that is happiness that is everything i want in life i want to go to a fancy restaurant and i want to drink wine and i want to eat appetizers and i want to get steaks and i want to get all the sides oh what a treat. That is just the best. I, You know what? You can keep everything else. I don't care about anything. I don't care about luxury purses. I don't care about clothes. I don't care about shoes. I don't care about cars. Give me a $200 steak, baby. I'm yours. I'm in heaven. Oh. So we will be going to our favorite place, which is called Joe's. It's in Caesars in the forum shops. And it is just a delight. Now, we will happen to be there on Valentine's Day. But we didn't realize that until it was too late. So we're not going to Joe's on Valentine's Day. We're going to go on the Tuesday before. So we're going to go on, what is that, the 13th, obviously. We will be going to Joe's on the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. It will be our Valentine's Day for each other. And we're just going to luxuriate in the fancy steakhouse Vegasness of it all. I kind of have a regular steakhouse order whenever I go anywhere. Like, even if it's like Ruth's Chris, if it's if it's considered a semi-fancy steakhouse, I get the same thing. I always get, obviously, Savvy B. I get white wine. I will also get... And this, I, the only time I do this is in fancy restaurants. I will get a glass of wine and a cocktail, which is a Jameson and Ginger. A Jameson and Ginger is my hard alcohol drink of choice when it comes to fancy restaurants. Also, also, it is my hard alcohol choice of Las Vegas. I really only drink Jameson and Ginger in Vegas. It's because it's such a Vegas drink. You know, you get it in a rocks glass. It's brown. You just feel fancy, you know? You feel like you're going to walk in and put a 100 on black and win, you know, on a roulette table. Like, that's how Vegas works, right? I, I don't know. I don't gamble. I go there for the food. So I will be having a wine and a cocktail. And then I always get a wedge salad with blue cheese dressing. Oh, I just love a good blue cheese dressing on a wedge. I know it's such a, like old-fashioned salad from the 70s, but it's still luxury to me, and it tastes so good. So I will be having the wedge to start. And sometimes, occasionally, we'll get like a stuffed mushroom or like a crab dip or something to go with that. And then we both get steaks. I usually get a ribeye or a New York. Rob usually always gets a New York. And then I get creamed spinach at a steakhouse. You gotta have you gotta have creamed spinach. Okay, that is mandatory for steakhouse dinner. And then we usually get a mac and cheese. And there's this very delicious. Joe's has really good mac and cheese. And then a potato of some sort. Sometimes fries. Sometimes a baked potato. Sometimes mashed potatoes. Who knows? It's all about being in the moment. And, you know, with potatoes in a steakhouse, you can't really go wrong. Sometimes they have special fingerling potatoes. Who knows? It's it's always a gamble. <laughs> Get it? Because it's Vegas. Yeah. And then we never do dessert, but because it is usually Rob's birthday, like close to his birthday, they will give us a dessert for free because they know us, a.k.a. I told them and they it's it's like a delicious hot fudge sundae and it's just so basic and good and like when do you ever eat dessert in a restaurant I never get restaurant dessert because I like to fill up on the apps and the sides and the mains I never need a dessert 
I will get a dessert to go. If I'm going to a cheesecake factory, oh, you better believe I'm getting a slice to go. But I rarely eat dessert in a restaurant. But there's something about just getting like a melty scoop of vanilla ice cream with hot fudge on it after a glorious, fancy steakhouse dinner. Oh, I am so excited about this trip, you guys. It's going to be so fun. And I apologize if I just made everyone hungry in your car right now. Hopefully you can get to a steakhouse as soon as possible. You know what? You Even if you can't get to a steakhouse, if you've got like an Applebee's, you know, or maybe a Shake Shack, something that can tide you through. You just, if you have a craving for red meat, I hope that you can make it to a red meat establishment ASAP. All right, let's take a little break uh, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Oh, sorry. Sorry I got so hopped up on food tourism in the first half, you guys. But I mean, you know me, food is life. And I just get so excited about it. And shocker of all shockers, there's no housekeeping this week, you guys. Housekeeping, housekeeping, uh, none. None for this episode. Everything from last week's episode was perfect. And I told nothing wrong. I said no lies. And it was... glorious (laughs) at least from what i can tell nothing was wrong but kind of in the vein of housekeeping i was thinking more and more about nostalgia and that that phenomenon i was talking about of like being at a place and not realizing when you were at that place that a thing was happening and i've kind of been down lately because you know i do social media as a job and a lot of it is response and so And a lot of it is out of my control. So when I work really hard on something and I post it and it does really well, I get excited. And when I work really hard on something and I post it and it fails, I take it so personally. And I know that I shouldn't take it personally. I know that it's not my fault, but there's just something about it in my brain that makes me so sad. And it makes me, I don't know, feel like a failure, not to bring it down, but I do. When something doesn't perform well on social media, I feel dumb and I feel bad, even though I know it's not my fault. And even though I know what I made, my content, what I do is great. I'm proud of it. It's what I want to be making. It's what I want to uh, submit. But there's just that thing where if it doesn't do well, I feel like I didn't do well. But then I started thinking, I mean, I'm 43, so I've kind of had a lot of life experience thus far. And like I've said before, I lived in London. I lived in New York. I lived in L.A., Now I'm in Seattle, but I've done some really cool shit and I need to be more proud of that. And I need to remember that more. Like I was reminded uh, the other day that I got to see Christo and Jean-Claude's gates in 2005 in New York. And like it was Christo and Jean-Claude are these installation artists that do that did. They're no longer with us, but did these like giant art installations they're the ones that like wrapped a palace in bavaria in satin or something and the they did this thing called the gates in central park which i want to say was like five thousand orange silk gates along all the trails of central park and it was it was beautiful if you've never seen it you've never heard of it look it up christo and jean-claude they were a couple and they were bright the gates were bright orange and it just it looked like they kind of highlighted every vein and artery of central park it was just beautiful and i lived there at the time and i got to see the unveiling of the gates and i got to walk through the gates and i got to be a part of a christo and jean claude art installation because a thing about their art is that not only do you like see it and experience it but you are part of the art a lot of their art they made was to 
engulf people. And so I got to be a part of Christo and Jean-Claude's gates in the tiniest of ways by walking through them. And it was such a cool experience. Cause that's the thing too. Art is a huge deal to me. My minor in college was in art history. I've always been obsessed with art and artists. If I was a millionaire, I would collect art. I, I love art so much, especially artists. They're a really big deal to me. And so, yeah, looking back, I'm like, I got to go through the gates and, and, that's a fun memory I have in my life. And like I talked about last episode, I got to see Lady Gaga at Lollapalooza in 2007. By the way, it was 2007. So uh, that's a little housekeeping. I think I said 2008. It was 2007. But I got to see Gaga, brown hair, disco ball bra, performing during the day on a side stage before anybody knew who she was. And like, that's a cool ass memory, you know? I got to write the challenges for RuPaul's Drag Race season seven. Like, and be on set every day and see the queens go through the, the filming process and be around RuPaul. And like, I got to do all this. I got to meet John Waters while I was there and Mel B. I got to meet a Spice Girl, you know? I don't know when I'm ever going to see a Spice Girl again, but I got to do that. And so whenever I get down on myself, even though I know I'm making good content and what how that reflects on me and makes me feel like shit when it fails... I've done cool, fun stuff, and I need to appreciate that more. Does that make sense? I need to be less hard on myself when stuff fails because I know it's not my fault, and it's out of my reach, and I have nothing to do with it. It's almost like RuPaul says, the way other people think of me is none of my business. And so when my social media posts fail, that has nothing to do with me, and I need to just remember that. And whenever I'm down, I need to remember that I've done cool shit. And so... That's kind of my advice to you guys, too. Whenever you're sad, just remember, you've done cool shit. We've all done cool shit. We need to remember that more. One of the biggest cool shit things uh, that I've been thinking about lately, I know Cher. I mean, okay, hold on, Queen. I have met Cher a couple times uh, because Chaz, her son, is a friend of mine. We haven't talked in a while, um, so I, I guess I would say we're friendly. Like, we didn't have a falling out or anything, but we just haven't seen each other in a few years. Um and we don't like text or anything, but we used to be friends. Uh, we were um, in a theater company together called 30 Minute Musical. Shout out to the 30 Minute Musical fam. But we would take, well, I was in the company, but the company was run by my friend Brooke and Tom. And she would take movies and turn them into 30 minute musicals. And Chaz was in our company and that's how we all became friends and stuff. And so we were doing Independence Day, the 30 minute musical. And Chaz was the president. And he said, hey, my mom's coming to the show tonight. And it that's another, if you've ever been around famous people or like family of famous people, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of friends with a lot of people that are related to famous people. But it's always so weird to me when people refer to their family member as like what they are in the family dynamic and not share. So when Chaz was like, my mom's coming to the show tonight, we were all like, you mean share? Like, it's just, it's so weird to be in that universe where someone legitimately call Cher mom, you know? So of course we're all freaking out and Cher comes to the show and uh, we were doing the show in like a tiny black box theater called the Celebration Theater in West Hollywood. And so the show opens this very funny, dramatically way and Chaz delivers his first line and then all of a sudden in the theater, which is pitch black, we can't see anything. In the theater, we hear someone laugh like, oh, and we're like, it almost broke us, you know, because it was such like an off-putting laugh. 
out of nowhere. It, it wasn't like a bad laugh. It was just like, oh, wow, they're really enjoying the show. And then throughout the whole show, there was no intermission or anything. So throughout the whole show, this person was just laughing. It was honestly crazy. And we're backstage uh, after the show. And we're all kind of like getting out of our costumes and stuff. And I forget who brought it up, but I was standing next to Chaz and someone was like, did you hear that lady laughing? And we're all like, yeah, oh my God, that laugh was crazy. Kind of going on and on about this lady's crazy laugh, right? Well, then we finished up. We kind of put our stuff away. And Chaz was like, hey, my mom wants to come backstage and meet everybody. Is that okay? And we were like, you mean Cher? Yes, Cher can come backstage and meet us? What? Oh, my God. There's there's photographic evidence of this, which is always crazy to me. Um, it's a very funny picture. Anyway, Cher comes backstage. We're all kind of standing around talking. We meet her. Like Different people are in different corners. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I hear that laugh. <laughs> and I turn around, and it's Cher laughing. That was Cher laughing during the whole show. That was Cher's laugh during the show. And then we're all like making fun of it to Chaz's face. And we were like, oh, my God. All of that to say Cher has the best, funniest laugh. It is so silly and weird. And like, I feel like she kind of brings it down in interviews and stuff. So if you get her in an element where she's not being recorded and she's not being filmed and no one knows it's her and she just genuinely laughs, it is the funniest, cutest laugh ever. Uh, Cher has the best laugh. Yeah. And then so Chaz and I were friends and... uh. Got to meet Cher. The picture is hilarious. I'm standing behind her. I'm like six inches taller than her. And it, yeah, I was just, I, I could have wrapped my arms around her and given her a hug, but I was like afraid to touch Cher, you know, but just looking right down on her scalp. Cher is as beautiful in real life as you would think she is. She is funny and sweet and nice and dry. Cher's just the best. So flash forward a couple years after that, Chaz was like, hey, my mom's performing downtown at Staples and I have some extra tickets. And so let's do a little like draw some names out of a hat and see who in the theater company can go to see my mom's show with me. And he picked my name. And so I got to go with Chaz. This is the craziest thing ever. I got to go with Chaz downtown L.A. VIP and sit third row center at the Staples Center of a share show. And it, I, you guys, when I talk about, I'm not religious, I'm not even spiritual, but when you go to a share show with Chaz Bono and you sit third row center and you share literally sings at you and points at you and talks to you, maybe there is a higher power. <laughs> and that higher power is share because that was such a magical, magical time. I'm telling you, it's all by chance. And it's not easy to do. But if you ever get the chance to go to a share concert with Chaz, do it. Okay. Take that opportunity. It was such a delight. It was so fun. I think about that show at least one minute of every day. That was magic. Okay. I don't know if I believe in life after love because I don't even believe in life after a share show. I think maybe I died that night and I'm a ghost and none of this is real. Who knows? It was that good of a show. So yeah, why am I getting sad about a TikTok? I've done cool shit. I've met Cher. Anyway, I think it's time to move on to our last and final segment. Everyone's favorite segment, really. What's your order? What's your order? Oh, 
yes, I have here my trusty Rip and Dip shoebox. This this will be another place we go. Rip and Dip is Rob's favorite clothing store. It is two blocks from Swingers. It's on Fairfax. I think it's the only actual like brick and mortar location of Rip and Dip. So we'll we will be going to Rip and Dip in LA too. Just in case you wanted our entire Los Angeles itinerary. Anyway, I have here my trusty bright blue Rip and Dip box. Filled with America's favorite restaurants. Let's pick out a restaurant and see what our order is today, huh? Give it a little shake. Reach around. Reach around? Todd, this is a family show. All right. How funny if we get Carl's Jr. I, it's not going to be Carl's Jr. I don't have that kind of luck. Although, I have met Cher, so who knows? Okay, today's restaurant is Burger King. Bam, 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 bam. Banky King, as we like to call it in this house. Oh. So Burger King is actually Rob's second favorite fast food burger, his first being Carl's Jr. But I love Burger King. Burger King, I have a long, sordid history with Burger King. So we didn't have any in my hometown growing up. There is one there now. I will get to that. But the closest Burger King was pretty far away. So Burger King was a treat when I was a kid. And back in the 80s, they had the best chicken nuggets. They don't they don't have them anymore. They like changed the recipe, they changed the shape, but they were way better than McDonald's. And I want to say they did them before McDonald's. But Burger King nuggets in the 80s, oh, take me back. Take me back to a better time where you could get delicious nuggets at Burger King. You can still get delicious nuggets at Burger King. I think you can get like 25 for a dollar. They're so oddly cheap and they're good when you just like need a nugget in your life. But the nuggets from Burger King in the 80s, whoo! That's delicious. Um, but I mean, the OG, the go-to that you have to get, and maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like everyone probably gets this, is the long chicken sandwich. Come on. That is a delicious, especially if you're a mayonnaise head like me, lettuce and mayonnaise, that's the best secret sauce known to man. And then you just put it on a delicious chicken sandwich. Come on. So yeah, my Burger King order, I always get the long chicken sandwich. I love Burger King fries. It's like a thicker fry, a meaty fry, if you will. Good for dipping. You can get a lot of ketchup on a Burger King fry. And then I always just get a large soda. And sometimes I will add 60 nuggets for two bucks. Now, occasionally, it's rare, but occasionally I will get a Whopper because there's just something about a Whopper flavor. I mean, it's very low on my, like, let's go get a burger. Let's make that burger Burger King list. But I do love just occasionally it's very specific flavor of a Whopper and I get all the veggies, lettuce, tomato, onions, I think maybe pickles too, mayonnaise. It's one of the first burgers that had mayonnaise on it. It's probably where my mayonnaise obsession was born, but oof, yeah, I love me a good Burger King long chicken sandwich or an occasional Whopper. And when I was in high school, double Whopper. Um, and that reminds me, so we, my hometown, Warrington, tiny, teeny, tiny, nothing town in Missouri, got a Burger King when I was in high school, the year I got my driver's license. So if you're a fat kid and, you know, obsessed with food, you probably understand how important be like having access to driving to your own restaurants with your own money. Finally. Oh, my God. So Burger King opened my senior year of high school when I got my driver's license. And uh, that was the place to hang out. We would hang out at Subway at night. But like after school, if you wanted to get just like a drive-in burger or a drive-in chicken sandwich, because, you know, I lived out in the middle of the woods, like 15, 20 minutes away from town. So I would get a nice little like drive-in sandwich uh, for my drive home and I would just go get 
either a Whopper or a long chicken sandwich every day after school. But one time we <laughs> I went to lunch with my dad and my parents have never like my parents just aren't the type of people to like care about my weight or care about other people's weight or anything like that. My parents aren't food shamers like that's never come up. But I remember, and I will always remember this, I was always getting a double Whopper and I went to lunch with my dad and I got the double Whopper and I'm eating and he's like, do you think you need that much Whopper? And I don't know, it, it, it was probably a joke. He probably didn't mean anything by it. But when your dad says something about food to you like that, who has never said anything about food like that before, it kind of just, you know, tattoos on your heart a little bit. And I was like, oh, Oh, maybe I don't need a double Whopper. And so one of my first food shamey memories, or I should, I should say one of the biggest food shamey memories is of a double Whopper when my dad said, do you really think you need that much Whopper? And now looking back, you know what? Yeah, dad, I did need that much Whopper because I'm a little gay boy in the middle of a farm town in Missouri. I need as much Whopper as I can humanly possibly get. But at the time I was like, no, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> He doesn't care. He, I guarantee he doesn't remember that lunch at all. But it's, you know, parent-child relationships. It's be careful what you say. You never know what's going to imprint on that kid's brain and hear in the back of his head every day for the rest of his life. Ah, <sighs> uh, Banky King. What a, fun, what a fun little fast food restaurant. We do have Burger Kings here in Seattle. Again, they are so far away. Um Sometimes, you know, Rob really loves a Burger King moment. So sometimes he'll be like on a Saturday, be like, hey, do you want to make the trek to Burger King? I almost always say yes, because it's so rare that we get it. Rob's order is very funny. Um, let's see. It's three. They're not child burgers, but they're like the dollar menu burgers, which I think is literally just a Burger King flame grilled patty. And it's like a little tiny one on a bun. And he gets it with just ketchup. He gets three Little burgers on a bun with ketchup only. And that's his like nostalgic go-to Burger King order. How cute is that? He's so adorable. He also loves Burger King has a pretty good appetizer menu. So we usually always get like cheese sticks, um, jalapeno poppers, cheddar bites. I think they have like a cheddar jalapeno kind of appetizer thing. Pretty much anything deep fried. And then we're just going to dip it in a sauce. Mm, mm, mm. What's your Burger King order? Do you even go to Burger King? Do you like a flame grilled moment? Let me know in the comments. Oh, you guys, that's another great episode. This is so we're doing it. You guys, we're doing it. This is so fun. And I'm so glad we're doing it. And I am blown away by how many of you are listening to this show. I had always heard that podcasts were popular and podcasts are what people want. And now that I'm actually doing one, the whole reason I'm doing like a YouTube element here is because I thought people wanted video of a podcast. But now that I'm seeing the numbers, now that I'm producing a podcast and seeing it on Spotify and Apple and stuff and seeing the subscribers and the numbers of people, like the hours of, of listening and all that stuff. Y'all, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for the support. You are great. There are so many of you and you're all very responsive and supportive and I'm just, I'm loving it. And I'm blown away by all, all the support. See, more cool shit. I do cool shit. I don't need to be upset when a TikTok fails. Anyway, thank you guys so much for all your support. Thank you for always being here and being so sweet and fun. Don't forget to tell me your Burger King order because I always love hearing it. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Uh, when you're listening to this, I will be in Las Vegas. So I'll see you next weekend. I love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>